Can I tell you something? Yeah. My book came out this morning. My book came out today. It's here. Congratulations, sweetheart. It's release day. The book is out. It's here. Oh, you know what else came out today? What? Julian <laughs> Pensavale. Patrick Heinz. Ba-da-dum. Alright fam, this is the last one I'm going to say it for a while. The book is out today. This is the week where, if you want to help me get on the bestseller list, it's Ooh. the week one publication week. If you want to buy the book or download the book or get the ebook or whatever, it's all available at Amazon, at local bookstores. It's available. There are plenty of free ways to do it too. You, there's libraries. We'll try to get a list. We'll put it out there. Great. I'm so grateful to everybody who has been with me on this journey. Yay. You you the most. Oh, no. You don't the most. you dare. You've don't. Been, but like, no, no, no. as far as like just listening to me and reading the book first and letting me share our story and I don't I love you so much. And I'm, I'm, I'm so great. I don't even have the words. I can't believe it's here. I'm so proud of I'm, you. Thank you. I'm excited for people to read my silly stories and I hope it makes you laugh. That's I, I was saying the other day, I did it for the TCO community. That's yeah. really true. You all tell us that we helped get you through the pandemic. You got us through the pandemic yeah. and writing this book to make you laugh was a oh, really big yay. help to me. So that's all I'm going to say yeah. for the top today. Wait, can I say something? Yes. My, the fourth season of Mike's podcast came out. When? Like a couple weeks ago, but okay. I just wanted to let, it's 10 Michael Reed sketches into microphones. It has like a lot of Hamilton people, a lot of actors, like our voice actor friends oh are amazing. So that's out. It's also like here to make you laugh. It's yes. just a much different vibe, but I am like, I'm in it a little bit and Mike and they and, do the Werner Herzog impression. They, they do. That's I stole my Werner Herzog from my friend Ted's impression. So it's my, my impression is my impression of Ted's oh, Werner. Congratulations and, oh, team. I know you work really hard on that podcast. Don't sell yourself short. Oh yeah, we do. It's very fun. You, we're, we're I mean, with, you oh, produce thanks. You're the EP. I know thanks. how hard you work on yeah, it. Yeah, well, thanks. But anyway, there you go. All right. Well, what are we talking about today? We are talking about, uh, there's a show on Hulu called Death in the Dorms. Yep. And this is episode one. It's entitled Andrea Del Vesco. While it's wonderful to think that you can leave your doors unlocked, don't. I woke up because I heard somebody screaming. Fire paramedics operator 84 with the address of the emergency. That's 10954. Oh my god. Okay, the whole apartment is on fire. We need an ambulance. It's a visual you you don't forget. Andy, the guy that you saw run out of there, what direction did you see him running? He ran to the right. We found an adult female in the fire. I was just really scared. This was an intentional fire. This was a violent death. We just couldn't believe that someone would have done this to her on purpose. You got a conscience. Got us there. Okay. Detectives have two different stories. So who's telling the truth? Before we get into this, I got to say, like, this is really well done. We get a lot of Andrea. Like, we learn a lot about the victim here. Yeah, again, that that's that's what I took away from it, where I was like, okay, no, we, we need to, like, I, th- I feel like... People are making documentaries more about say, that now. Are we seeing a change in the industry, do you think? I'm trying to find things that are changing like yeah. that. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. we did You're New York Homicide it. and that that went well, I think, like yeah. in terms of just like we learned so much about our victim. And so, I don't know. Here we go. Well, we're in Austin, Texas. We meet Leslie. She's Andrea's mother. She The, the first thing she said was so heartbreaking. Mm. She said, we are or were a family of five. I know. I mean, oh my God. And we meet Alexis. Alexis has Jillian hair. She has much cooler hair than mine. Oh my God. I would say it's equally cool. Oh, thanks. But it's it's like super deep purple and a little bit of pink and fuchsia. She's awesome. And she is Andrea's, they call her Andy. Andy's younger sister. And like, 
the way she loved Andrea, because Andrea was just the coolest. I know. Like she that's was what the everybody coolest. in this in this documentary is gonna say. But especially like to be a little sister, sometimes you can be like jealous or whatever. Yeah. It's cool that she wasn't. She just wanted to be everywhere Andrea was. That's what the mom says. She just wanted to be around her sister all the time. Yeah, and Andrea was like fun and she loved adventure and she loved to learn. She loved school. She was studying psychology. Andrea had a huge sense of adventure. She loved to go on hikes, loved going for bike rides. She loved to go longboarding at like 3 a.m. She loved to go longboarding at 3 a.m. Turns out that it's not a water thing. No, I no, no. That, it's like a, it's like a big skateboard. Yeah. I was imagining Andrea in the ocean at 3 in the morning, and no. I was like, that's the shark's playtime. No, it's like a very cool version of skateboarding. Oh, my stars. And so her mom, Andrea's mom wanted her to go to the University of Chicago because that's where Andrea's brother went. So yeah. she thought like, oh, they'd be together. But Andy chose UCLA. Now, here's the thing. Mama Leslie has this moment where she's like, you know, the UCLA letter was the last letter to come in. Yeah. And so... So when Andy gets the acceptance and she's like, mom, that's where I want to go. And the mom goes, okay, congratulations. And goes and sits in the car and bursts into tears. And I was like, I very much could see myself doing the same thing. And why he was right there, Daisy. Yeah, it's right here. And it's great. She says like, I was really upset. I didn't want her to go. But Leslie kind of says like, of course you let her go. You can only hold on to your kids for so long. It was her choice. And she describes like taking to drop her off at school. And she says when we were saying our final goodbyes. Now, I thought that meant that Andy was dying imminently like in her freshman year that's not true no she doesn't the murder doesn't happen until the beginning of her senior year mm-hmm. but she just like talks about like saying goodbye to your kid it, I was I was it was 2.30 in the morning and I had just taken the dog out and decided yeah. not to go back to bed <laughs> so I was on you a little, said and I quote eh, I'm up now said, that's what you said to me that's true like I could go for a cup of coffee at 2.30 sure. in the morning okay so I was a little emotional but I was like crying every time Mama Leslie cried I know after we had moved Andrea into her dorm We were saying our final goodbyes. I looked at her and I said, honey, you know, this is like your opportunity to grow and to be whoever you want to be. This is your chance to grow and become whoever you want to be. And Andy, like, what we learn is that she wanted the change. She yes. wanted to, she was looking forward to it. I mean, and when, if you decide to go to college, like, that is part of the reason you decide to do that. Like, you're really looking for a chance to, like, break away and, and like, learn about yourself. It's a, it's a scary thing, too. It is. You know? Because you're going, like, 17, 18 years old. You I know? always say, I remember the moment when I was in college, my very first night of orientation, and I was, like, on the street in Boston, and I was like, no one's going to know if I don't come home to uh-huh. I remember that feeling. You had a single freshman year? Lucky. No, no, no. I just meaning that like my mom's not going to know. Oh, okay. My roommates wouldn't know if I, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it was, I just remember thinking like it was liberating and terrifying all at the same time. Yeah. So we meet Jackie. She's Andy's sorority sister. And Jackie loves UCLA. And she loves especially it. loves the iconic campus, as she says. Because yes. like she's just like, you're walking to class and you kind of can't believe it. It really is yeah. like the college campus you see in the movies. Right. You know, it's it true. really is such it is. She I mean, I know that word's overused, but Jackie, I'm giving it to you. It it, it does look like an iconic campus. She goes, I, I wrote, she loves UCLA. She loves it. And frankly, I hear you, Jackie. Yeah. There's a I would there's a part of me that would really wanted to go to UCLA. That really? Like for a long time was like on my list. I really wanted to go. Oh. Yeah. And I went to Emerson. I think yeah. it worked out great. Great. Yeah, I think you're fine. <laughs> my life choices I think you're doing are, well. Okay, thank you so um, much for that validation. Of course. UCLA is in Westwood. Westwood is also a perfect college town. It's beautiful. It feels safe. It feels small. A lot of great things to do. It's the type of place where you can walk home by yourself late at night and you feel comfortable. 
you can like walk home at night and feel safe. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that there are so many places where that's not true? I know. It's so sad. Then we meet Jessica, who's another friend and sorority sister. And she's like, I agree with Jackie 100%. Like walking home felt comfortable. And like what these girls are saying is like everything was going really great. Like they loved college. They felt safe. They felt comfortable. They loved each other. Like their whole life is ahead of them. And these young women are, I I love them because they're exactly who they are. You know, they're like these like very smart sorority women at UCLA. They're they're super into their sorority and being friends with each other. Like they just seem like a really cool group of ladies. Yeah. And they're, again, I just always think like they're so young and to be sitting here for a documentary like this, it must be surreal to be talking about something horrible that happened so early in your life. And I just, I just love them all. I told this story when we did the Matthew Shepard episode, but you know, I worked with Romaine Patterson, who was Matthew Shepard's best friend. I helped her write her book a hundred years ago. And I remember her saying to me, like, you never expect to, when you're young like that, you never expect to know someone who's going to die, but you never expect to know somebody who was murdered. Yeah, of course not. I mean, it's like it, of course not. What a sea change that is in your young life. Yeah. So it's freshman year. It's 2012. And, you know, Andy, Jackie, and Jess, they all meet the first week of school. And everybody loves Andy right away. I love the way these ladies describe yeah, her. Yeah. Her sense of humor was outrageous and over the top. Very wild. When I met her, we had an instant connection. She had the craziest sense of style. She was the person that would show up in a tie-dye t-shirt, mismatched socks, and just all of these bright colors. They said she had this like crazy sense of style. She'd wear like tie-dye shirt and mismatched socks. Because like this is LA where a lot of the ladies like are a little cookie cutter, I think is the, is the implication here. And that like Andy was like, loved her boisterous, weird, hippy dippy style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She would show up in like an oversized t-shirt yes. is what is an example that someone uses like a big box. And shirt. they say tie-dye, like you, I just can't imagine seeing a person wearing a tie-dye shirt in Los Angeles. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that well, weird? I, no, I mean, she's also a longboarder. To me, that's very yeah. California beach. Look, like. I, I was really new to learning that longboarding was on land and not in the ocean. I was <laughs> okay, still trying to digest that All right, information. Well, we won't move so fast with the longboarding. <laughs> um, but we also learn about Shay Panda, who's Andy's rescue uh, dog, to which I say, oh, no. Shay Panda. Because we spend a, a lot of time on Shay Panda, yeah. so I'm instantly worried. Yeah. But Shay Panda was a rescue, and it was. they say that, like, the dog gave Andy purpose. I had to w- rewind this and listen to this eight times, because I was like, did they really say that? They say when Andy got the dog, she posted a picture that says, we have a new slut pup in the apartment. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, Oh, great. wow. Great. <laughs> that is, was not how I announced the arrival of Golden. <laughs> We got a new slap pop in the house. Yeah, all right. But they all stay friends. Like, we're about to start their senior year, right? Yeah. And, like, they all stay friends throughout. Everything is great. They're just so like, excited to graduate. It's tragic that, like, I, I had the thought, like, thank God she got three years of college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. it doesn't make any, why do people do this to each other? It doesn't make any sense. And Andy, we learned, like, she had so many goals. She's like, she wants to travel the world. She wants to join the Peace Corps. She wants to study psychology. She wants to help people. One of the things that they say is... Andy was a firm believer in that you have to be uncomfortable to really grow. And you have to put yourself in situations that force you to grow and develop as a person. And and she was not afraid of that. One word I, I think of when I think of her is fearless. And she truly was. 
You have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations that are going to force growth and change. Yeah. I'm a true believer in that. Yeah. And she's describing. You think I like going to the gym? No. You know what I mean? You think it's, you think it's part of who I want it to be? No. No. But here you are. And Andy's described as fearless. And I just love that word so much. Yeah. So it's September 20th, 2015, the night before senior year starts. It's a Sunday night and all our sorority friends are getting ready for this big sorority rush. Like they were doing a big skit or something. Yeah. They're like, they're all gathered at Andy's apartment, like making, oh, we should say Andy moved off campus or kind of, they, they call it the senior apartments. Yeah. So they're like, it's independent living, but it's kind of near the campus. That's what I did my senior year in, oh, the, really? in the Bronx. Like it was like Fordham owned apartments, but we oh. lived on our own and uh-huh. didn't have like, you know, all that, but it was yeah. still like sanctioned by the university. So it seems like that's what this is. Yeah. But it was yeah. off campus, like. On Arthur Avenue. I get it. I believe that you lived off campus. I'm just saying, I, <laughs> so did I say that word? It was off, but it was off did campus. Did I say off campus already? Yeah, yeah. It was one of those things where I thought, I don't know if I said it out loud or not. Do you ever have that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I have it all the time. Have I mentioned I've been up since 2.30 a.m.? Yes, that you've definitely okay. said out loud. <laughs> so longboarding is on the ground. Right. Not in the ocean. So they had a, a really big day. They were doing their skit and the, I feel like they were hosting the sorority rush Because, event. yeah, they're like, get, my friend Allison was in a sorority and I remember her doing these kinds of things. So okay. They're like making signs for rush week and things for this. But Andy is kind of hosting this like night of like of, making. Like, prep. They're like yeah. making everything. I'm just imagining poster boards and glitter. Like that's what I'm seeing. Uh, yeah, a little bit. And so Jessica, one of our friends, is up until 3.30 a.m. Yes. And she says that she sleeps with two fans on for white noise because it's really loud in the house and outside. I felt so seen. Oh, I love. Get all the fans on me. Get them yeah. all on me. Yeah. Thunderstorm sounds too. Mm. Right to sleep. Jackie stopped by quickly to pick up stuff for the skit. And she says she just like breezed in and breezed out and quickly said like, see you later. And like had no idea that, of course, that that was going to be the last time she was going to see Andy. Right. So Jessica is up till 3.30 a.m. But then I guess she falls asleep, dozes off, whatever. And she wakes up to a fire in their apartment. I woke up to my roommate banging on my door and screaming. I opened my door and I saw the fire. I ran to Andy's bedroom and my roommate opened the door. And the roommate opened the door and and, and it's just chaos because they know that Andy and the dog are both in there. In there. And and she's saying like part of me didn't want to believe that she was but I but I knew that she was. Yeah. The fire started in Andy's room. That's yes. where the fire it's not like the entire apartment was ablaze. It was no. just Andy's room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the girls are running out and everyone is just like what do we do? what do we do? How can we save her? Yeah. And they run into her room and they discover that unfortunately they can't save her. Yeah. And Andy's dead and Shay Panda is also very very injured. And I'm just going to say it now. Shea Panda is so injured that eventually it's the humane thing to do. They have to put Shea Panda down. Yeah. And their friends are saying, like, nothing can prepare you to walk into a room and see. I can't even. I can't even. No. Like, the fact that they're all here speaking coherent sentences is something. Like, I just could never. They're amazing. So it's the next morning. It's September 25th, 2015. It's 7 a.m. We're back with Jackie. And Jackie, Jackie had to wake up early that morning because she had to box tie her hair, girl. Let me tell you, for anyone who has any (laughs) hair that has any kind of maintenance, Uh the timing is so real. Like, it's all in the timing. I'm constantly trying to figure out. Oh, my God. I'm constantly (laughs) trying to figure out, like, when should I wash my hair? How long can I go without washing my hair? Uh If I have, like, a week with two events, I'm like, fuck. Okay. Now I really have to time when I'm washing my hair, when I'm going to, like, schedule to do the professional color, what I'm going to do the overtone for my color. What? If you have any kind of maintenance with your hair, 
figuring out like waking up early total way of life figuring what? out on your calendar like I have even like notes where it's like you have to do this by the step like so that is like Jack I hear you like, and what's the difference like box tying just means you're doing it yourself like you're not going to the salon yeah 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 so she like that would be the equivalent of me like I use my like color conditioner that I use overtone to like just pop it if I like in between going to the salon because uh-huh. I don't trust myself to dye my hair regularly this is wild most men don't deal with any of this no it's very real though like when she said that I had to wake up early I'm like I've totally been there because if you're doing that, you also have to wash your hair and that's a whole other thing. Well, but so we were talking about this off mic because one of the other women in her living situation says to her, I heard there's a fire at senior apartments and I tried to stay calm. I was like, I'm sure someone left their straightener on. They probably put it out with a towel. It's probably no big deal. They probably put it out with a towel. Now, I laughed because I was like, well, that is so specific. But you said, tell, I, tell them what you said. The time. Because there are even TikToks being like, hey, me, like women will undo or anyone who's using any kind of thing that's plugged into the bathroom yeah. will sometimes take videos like it's unplugged. <laughs> I didn't leave it on. And make a tick like you create a social media account to remind yourself that or your you house is Or you just take your own video or whatever. It's just like a funny trend that was happening on TikTok. But there's like, I'm out to dinner and I'm like oh my god my house is burning down because I left it on didn't I no I left the straightener on didn't I and that will cause a fire oh yeah I mean the my I also grew up with my mom being like everything needs to be unplugged because there will be a fire eventually <laughs> um but it's something where, like I don't know if it's too hot now they make stuff that just like turns off automatically because after the TikTok a certain amount of time. I know about is like the women like straightening their hair and then they like they're singing and they use it as a microphone and they drop it because they burn their hands Oh, really? Yeah. No, that I missed. But I'm also very terrified that that's going to happen. It's very hard. What having have we ha- done having, to women or people who care about this stuff? Or like, just if you have like any kind of high maintenance, uh-huh. you know, any kind of hair color, anything that really takes like time and scheduling, like you should see my calendar. I just started caring about my appearance about three months ago. I'm not ready for oh, this it's world. hellish. I'm not ready. Sometimes it can be really fun. Sometimes I'm like, I kind of need a self-care day. Uh-huh. I'll do my overtone today because it's a little, I don't know, working on yourself in some way. But no, uh. these are all very real things. Waking up early for the die panic or just assuming that someone finally did it set the house on fire because of a hair straightener like that is all very real I felt very seen so now we meet Victor the DA and he tells us at 7.15 a.m. the firefighters enter Andy's apartment and make attempts to extinguish the fire once the fire is out firefighters were able to see the body of a young woman who was on the bed her body was charred Based on the condition of the body, it was difficult to do an identification. It was uh, almost unrecognizable. It was almost unrecognizable, and the dog is severely injured but alive. Right. So then eventually Shea Panda is put down because she's suffering too much. Can I just, just like, say one uh, one thing? Yeah. I just want to say it now. It comes later. We will learn that Andy was dead before the fire started. If yes. that gives you any solace, I, I wished I had known that sooner. Yeah. So she didn't burn alive. It's Her death was brutal no matter what, but it, but she it wasn't brutal, and then she also burned alive. Right. It's like, but, but the thing about this, though, is that it takes the arson experts two hours to realize, oh, this was set on purpose. Yeah. Like, someone set a fire in a trash can, put it on Andy's bed, and just, like, left Andy and the dog in the room. Like, fuck this person. And because it immediately becomes a homicide investigation and like don't we know by now like maybe it's just because we cover this all the time but like a, a fire is the quickest and most efficient way to ruin a crime scene yeah. of any sort of DNA evidence yeah, or whatever. Yeah so this was all on purpose. Yeah. So we meet Alejandra and she's an editor at the Daily Bruin. I love Alejandra. I see a lot of myself in her. I, she's kind of a nerd and she works for the school paper. Yeah. And she's out like the morning of the fire like walking to the gym and she comes upon the scene of the fire and learns that like a student has died in this fire. And she tells us that like she wasn't just a reporter for the Daily Bruin, but this was her community. I was definitely 
very young in my career and very shy. This is the first time I had to approach people in crisis. She was very new in her career, and yeah. she's like, this is the first time that I had to approach people in a crisis like this, and it was my people. So that really stood out to me as, like, that is a, a part of a journalist job that you never think about, mm -hmm. that you have to learn the way to, like, she's got to report this story. It's her job, and she that means she's got to talk to these women who have just been traumatized right. by finding their roommate probably murdered or at the very least killed in this horrible fire. And how do you do that? Like, right. that is, it, it takes a, a, a very specific temperament to right. do that, right? With compassion and yes. warmth and respect, yes. but also saying, like, I kind of need information to report this because we need to know what's going on. You know what Alejandra's going to get? A Is hero gonna... bell. Oh! She's getting a hero bell, Alejandra. I, you know She's what? also not the only lady getting a hero bell in this say, episode. I was going to say, can we do, like, Mom Leslie and the yes. sister and all the sorority yes. sisters and all but that? But there's a person we haven't even met yet who I'm obsessed with. Is it Sarah? Yes, okay. I'm obsessed with Sarah. So Sarah we love. Sarah is another friend and sorority sister. Sarah... I just made the note that Sarah gets all the hero bells, yes, so I'm doing, uh, it, I'm doing it all at once. She's amazing. Sarah ties this whole thing together. Yeah. The weekend that this happened, it happened to be Sarah's 21st birthday, so she was up early because her boyfriend had come down to visit. She had to drive him to the airport, which apparently is a huge thing in LA. It means you really love somebody if you it's drive true. to the airport. Yeah, at 5.30 in the morning. Exactly. She gets home, she's got like an hour before she's got to be up for work, so she she like lays back down to, to go back to sleep, but she wakes up because she hears somebody screaming and a dog barking, and she knew Andy is her friend. The only person she knows in the complex that has a dog is Andy. And Shay Panda wasn't a barker, so right, if Shay right. was barking, then that means there was trouble and something happened. So Sarah is calling Andy's phone, being like, what's up? But, but Andy's not answering, so Sarah, hero Sarah, immediately calls 911. Yeah, and then the cops show up and do nothing. So the hero bell is now turned into the garbage yes, bell. Yes, garbage bell. But can I tell you that when we hear Sarah's 911 call, we hear the screaming yeah. in the back. You can Jesus hear Christ. Andy screaming on the 911 call. Oh my God. So it's early in the morning. It's like 7 a.m. And the cops show up. Then went into the courtyard and began to look at the various apartments, including Andrea Del Vesco's. I saw them shining like flashlights in a couple windows. They did not notice any damage or any signs of breaking and entering. They could not hear anything, they did not see anything. And given what they had, they didn't feel at the time that it was necessary for them to knock on any doors. And so at that point, they left the location. They didn't hear anything weird. They didn't see anything weird, so they left. They made the choice to not even knock on doors. It's so why I don't understand what the decision doing? making. Like I could hear the screaming in the background of the nine one one call. I understand that these cops didn't hear the nine one one call, but why was it not relayed to them? Like, no, a woman is screaming at six thirty in the morning. You need to like make contact with her before you can leave the scene because we are going to learn the murderer was in Andy's room right. when the police were there doing this bullshit welfare check that they didn't actually do. Why didn't they at least speak to Sarah who called them? Right. Like, if Sarah heard scream, she was close enough to the scene, right? right? So why don't they just go to her and ask her a fucking question? They just literally looked in windows, didn't even knock on doors, and said, eh, Isn't that I'm the done. whole, like, stay on the phone with me until the cops arrive, and then you I go mean, and talk to them? It was so shit. And Sarah's like, well, that made me feel worse than I did before. Right. Because she didn't talk to them, nothing happened, and she's like, oh, I guess they, they're just gone now? Like, right. what? Nothing makes you feel less safe than hearing a woman scream at 6.30 in the morning, except for when the cops who are supposed to protect you show up and do fucking nothing. Right. So then Sarah's roommate 
roommate gets up and they're like, she's trying to like talk Sarah down, just like trying to calm her down. The roommate goes back to bed and immediately, as soon as the roommate goes back to bed and the cops have just left, Sarah hears glass breaking from downstairs, runs to her balcony and sees a person running out of Andy's room. And she also sees Andy's room on, on fire. fire. And the person running out of Andy's room is now covered in a blanket. Right. So Sarah says, and this is where this she gets all the hero bells. She's like, I don't know why. I guess I just chased after him. I ran out to the street and saw this red car driving away from across the street. What she was able to pick up at that moment were some Greek letters in the rear window of that red vehicle. And because she's part of a sorority, she's able to recognize those Greek letters as part of a fraternity, uh, the Lambda Chi Alpha fraternity. And she, Hero Bell Sarah. And she also just remembers everything. Yes. So she pays attention to details because she says, like, okay, he was wearing the blanket. He runs into a red car. Yes. He hightails it down the street. And she also saw a sticker on the car with the name of a frat, Lambda Chi Alpha. Right. So she has details to go to the cops if they decide to fucking listen to her. Now, I want to be very clear. This was a very dangerous thing that Sarah did. Yes. It's probably not advisable that you chase down a person who just broke out of a window having clearly done some fucking damage. Right. But if the cops want to spend five extra minutes, maybe we wouldn't be here. Well, and if something it happened to Sarah, those cops would have had blood on their hands. Like, they you know already I mean? do. I mean, yeah. come on. She was screaming. She heard screaming. And, like, also, it wasn't random screaming. It was, like, the screaming in the room with the dog. We we know only one person has a dog. Right. Just ask the, the lady who made the 911 call, who's the person with the dog, and go knock on the door. Right. So now we jump to 10.30 a.m., and all the sorority sisters are at the police station. They're being questioned separately, right? Yeah. I'm like, none of them did this. Like, no, oh my obviously. God. Yeah, let's keep them all separate. Like, right. no, please. <laughs> right. But the sisters say, basically, like, it was rush week, there were a lot of parties, and they were drinking on a balcony that faces Roebling Avenue. And yeah. so then later, they went to Andrea's apartment, and they stayed till about 3 a.m. working on everything for the next big day, because that was, like, a really big day for their sorority, right? Right. With the oak tag and the glitter and all that. And they're saying, like, who could have done this? And this is, again, where we get the round robin of, like, Andy didn't have any enemies. Everyone loved her. She didn't have a boyfriend at the time. And Jackie's like, could this have been, like, a Tinder date gone wrong? Like, I'm sorry, somebody jumped through her fucking window. Yeah. But as they're saying that, my thought is, like, oh, it's just, like, some guy. Uh -huh. Like, it's someone she rejected or didn't give consent to or just existed, and yep. so he killed her and her dog. Like, to it, me, it was like, that, of course uh, she didn't have any enemies. Right. Like, this is just a guy what who didn't want to hear no. Right. That's all. That's oh where we are. God. So we're back with Andrew's family in Austin, Texas, and they just get, like, the worst news of their lives. And, like, I know that the sorority sisters slash friends have been traumatized, but, like, Alexis, the sister, says the way she found out that her sister was murdered. I was sitting in my math class. All of a sudden, my phone started ringing. It was my sister's best friend. And when I got on the phone with her, she was like, do you know? Do you know? Oh, God. You know what I mean? Like, remember last week when it was like the, the guy goes in looking for his wife and the police pulls out a Polaroid of her body and it's like, is this her? I guess you just don't know in that moment. Like, you don't want to just tell her. I don't know. I, I don't know what I would say. I think that was their attempt to, like, ease into the worst conversation that they're ever going to have in their life. But also, like, what is going on? Why haven't the police called the family? Why are they finding out from, like, random friends? Well, and also, speaking of that, Andrew's family flies to L.A. because yeah. the cops won't tell them anything unless they're in person. Which is un conscionable. Somebody explain that thought process. Yeah. So Andy is dead. We know she's oh. dead. 
What is the purpose of making her mother and father suffer? Like, just think the, about the fear this logistically. Of the like, they, they have to fly. We say they fly to LA. Well, they have to, like, get on the internet, buy uh-huh. airline tickets, go to the airport. Right. They had to go through security. Right. They had to wait at the fucking gate. They had to sit through the, the flight attendants telling them, you know what I mean? Very hard job. I deeply respect flight attendants. Right. No shade there. But, like, why can't they tell them yeah. that their daughter is dead? That is stressful enough. Like, traveling can be stressful enough when you just have, like, a really boring day ahead yes. of you. Not the worst day of your life. You know yeah. what I mean? They probably don't even remember traveling there. It's funny, because I, I, Matthew Shepard's on my mind a lot, because I just listened to Amber Hunt's Crimes of the Century oh, episode about it. It's a brilliant, beautiful episode. Go listen to it if you haven't. But, like, Matthew Shepard's parents had to fly from Saudi Arabia. It's, like, a 21-hour flight. <sighs> and they knew the police told them, like, get here. He's still alive, but probably not much longer. Like, get here. Oh I don't understand why they put the parents through that torture. Yeah. I yeah, I, I, I don't either. So it's now 9 p.m. The investigation is still happening at Andrea's yeah. apartment. And while that's happening, two people approach the cops on the scene. And they're like, look, we live across the street from this apartment. Our apartment has been robbed, like very close to the time that the fire was happening and all of the, the horrible things happening here. Like we were robbed. We don't know if it's anything, but uh-huh. is there maybe a connection? Like we just wanted to let you know. And what the robbers took. The items stolen from their apartment included laptops and Sonos speakers, which you'd have to register online in order to use. You need to attach an email address in order to like register these speakers to turn them on. Now I'm, for this case, I'm really glad that happened. But if I need to make another account or download another app, to do I anything. Know, I know. It's, I know. Is it getting a little crazy? It's a, well, we're going to go into passwords. Like, Why don't we talk about passwords while we're here? I mean, my I mean, God. it's like everything needs, one needs an uppercase and a lowercase and a special character and it has yeah. to be 12 letters. But, oh some, my God. but sometimes they don't need a special character. That's what I'm saying. So sometimes. You can't just do the same one for everything anymore. Which you shouldn't do because oh the internet is crazy. You're going to lecture like, me about this. I'm not lecturing. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. What happened to the on switch on a speaker? On off. Done. I, here we look, go. we got it. This, this is going to be the downfall of the idiots. I know, but this is stupid do you have to be like how stupid there is look these murderers are always stupid mm-hmm. this is a new level of stupid you cannot even imagine because he uses his actual email address yeah. he doesn't make a fake one I know and we all know how easy it is to make fake email addresses we're not even there yet so the parents arrive at LAX at 1am and like Andy's mom wants to go hold her one last time and like I, I mean don't diminish your feelings for Fiona by saying like you would feel the same way about Fiona I would feel the same way about Daisy it's your yeah. baby yeah. but all I could think about was like we know what Andy's body's been through because we're watching the documentary and I'm just thinking to them I, if, if that were Daisy I don't think I'd want to see her like that yeah like what did she know yeah you know, what did, they and they're saying like you can't go see her until we do the autopsy so like this, this battered and bruised and burned body and they're doing an autopsy I just kept thinking like mom don't do this to yeah, yourself I don't know. do it but yeah sometimes people find comfort in that I don't totally. know you know but then this is where we learn that like on the way to Andy's apartment the parents stopped by the animal hospital and this is where we learn that the dog is suffering and the dog has to be put down. But but we get this beautiful moment of them saying, Alexis had Shea Panda in her lap. The doctor gave her a, a shot to put her to sleep. We said goodbye to Shea Panda and set her to kiss Andrea for us. 
go be with Andy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they lo- and like all these like really, really sweet photos. Like they just loved each other. And I'm sorry. I 100% believe that's exactly what happened. That dog was given the injection and the next second was in Andy's that's lap in That's 100% what happened. With wings and harps and fucking rainbows and cosmos. And like as many cheeseburgers as yes. the dog wants or whatever their favorite food is. Like, yes, that's I just, what happened. I, I'm losing all of my cynicism. I believe yeah. that that is the rainbow bridge and everything. 100%. It's, it, it is real. Did you just say the rainbow bridge? Yes, and now I'm going to cry. Yes. I, I can't believe you know about the rainbow bridge. I know. That, is that only for animals or do I get to go on it? Let's all go on it. I want to go on the rainbow but bridge. But I just know I only learned about it through like dog stuff. Yeah, me too. Rainbow bridge. Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody. It's very fucking sad. So it's September 22nd. We learn about the autopsy and the coroner notices that Andy was wearing a sports bra, but not wearing any bottom underwear. Right. They don't elaborate on that here, but yeah. obviously the implication is that she was sexually assaulted. They notice multiple stab wounds. The stab wounds are throughout her body, front, back. This was a violent death. The victim had been stabbed 19 times throughout her body. And there are two stab wounds cutting each side of her neck. Including two on each side of her neck? And they they said that she died, like, within minutes. Like, it was... Which sounds... Like a short amount, but like that sounds like a long it's, time to yeah, me because the cuts on her neck severed her carotid artery yeah. and she bled out that way. But that is a brutal, violent, not fast way to die. No. Yeah. No, not at all. It's a horrible way to die. It's someone like, Matt, like what kind of person are you? I mean, obviously you're a fucking monster, yeah. but like, I just can't believe like all of that rage and anger. I know. I know. And this is where we learned that they didn't find any smoke in her lungs or, or in her airways anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. So she was dead before the fire started, which gave me some fun in this, in this, I mean, what this woman went through, I know. you know, at least to know that she didn't suffer that way yeah. gave me something. And this is where the cops say like, oh no, this is very clear that the fire was set to get rid of the evidence and destroy the crime scene. Yes. So now we take a pretty shitty left turn because four days after Andrea was killed, she had a court date Yeah, and she was arrested three months. None of this matters, but yeah. she was arrested three months earlier and she was charged with four counts of drug possession, including quote meth and ecstasy. So it takes them too long to tell us that the quote meth was it's actually Adderall. Adderall. I don't do. Do you know that? I don't know anything about any of this. Oh no, I'm on Concerta. So yeah. Is that the same thing? Uh, yeah, it's like a for, it's like another form of Adderall. Okay. I've been and, on it since I'm 18. And, so. ad, and, and and that's like an ADHD med. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, get, it gets a lot of, it's, there's like a major stigma because people who don't understand it like to say that it's legalized meth. It changed uh-huh. my life. It saved my life. Yeah. So I have like really strong feelings about that whole like, oh, it's just legalized meth. Like, you know me, right? Yeah. So it's like, right. it, it really works for me. So yeah. if you have it. Like, if you have ADHD, it's incredibly helpful. But I know, I mean, I remember when I was in college, people were asking me if they could buy pills off me. And I was like, I need it, though. So, oh no. Oh, my God. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not a narc or anything. But, like, yeah. I fucking need this shit. And it's it used to be so much harder to get. I was yeah. like, I can't be without it. Like, it's finals week. Like, you think you need it? Like, just oh to, my for God. an extra, like, I need to get on your level. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I need it to yeah. just, ev- like, even the playing field. So, yeah. I'm not, I never sold it. But people ask all the time. Yeah. So, and that's the point. Like, her, her friends are like, wait, what? Because, like, her friends are like, no, 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 no. Because, like, well, what happens is the press picks it up and the, the, and, and the press runs wild with it. They were making out that Andrea was a drug dealer and that she had, um, gotten murdered because she was going to give evidence against this group of people that just is totally untrue. This is like where the press goes for some unknown fucking reason. And it's not just the press. It's the fucking comment section. Yes. So like... 
the cesspool of the comment section is just like, well, she literally, these are direct quotes. Well, she shouldn't have been a drug dealer. Oh, my God. One less drug dealer in the world. Hashtag just say no. Sounds like she was a drug dealer in lamb's clothing. No sympathy for drug dealers. Drug deal gone bad. I guess she wasn't the perfect angel her parents thought she was. (gasps) Who the fuck are you? to say this about someone who was murdered who you do not know on the internet keep your fucking mouth and, shut like, i know that i know that you're you think this too but like and even if she was a drug dealer people, you know what i mean like we need to something is wrong yeah, like people are out of their fucking minds she's yeah. a real person something horrible happened and you feel real fucking safe behind the keyboard that's uh, your trash yeah like that she was mur- something horrible happened to her and right. her dog yeah. how dare you and her mom is here to just be like and, and and i what i love about the mom is that the mom doesn't deny that like she did recreational drugs sometimes yeah, you know like, what I mean because here's the truth is yeah. yeah she had some drugs she'd supply them to her friend she was not a drug dealer right she was like they would go and like take ecstasy to go to festivals and stuff uh-huh. they were just doing like I know you can say no to drugs and like not want anyone to do that and that's totally fine but a drug dealer she was not right it was just for her and her girlfriends to like go have a long she, night out at a festival she was not dragging 7th grade Patrick Hines into the bathroom and no. injecting him with cocaine which no. was which was my fear was going to happen to me every single right. day in middle school and that's not what happened no. at all <laughs> and it could have been and we don't know this but it could have been like a one off thing like it could have been she was stopped on the way to the party and she uh-huh. had her Adderall with her to study and her How do the cops not know the difference between Adderall and actual meth? I think the cops do, but it's written at, you know, it's right. like, it's a, it's a controlled substance. Right. So I can't just like get it. I need to have like, I, I, I don't have any refills. I need to get a new prescription every month. Oh my God. So it's a lot. It's like a category three or something. It's like a very, very protected controlled substance. It's a big deal. And Jackie just puts the fine point on it by saying the media around Andy's murder was so mishandled and so did not respect her as a person. She was just a juicy gossip headline. They just saw her as a juicy gossip headline. Yeah, and then the comment section went wild. But, like, this is a non-issue. And to their credit, law enforcement agrees. Yes. Because they were like, okay, this is a dead end. This is a non-story. This is not connected at all. She was a, what, 21-year-old uh, yeah. kid? Come on. It's also like, did we not even, even to, kid, like, include like, this in the documentary at all? You right? know what I mean? Like, just like, oh, she was dragged on the internet? Like, right. what? So it's September 23rd. It's two days after the murder. And a, a Sonos employee. The speaker people. Right. The speaker people the, call the cops. The speaker people. <laughs> I'm a little slap happy today. I love it. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, because the cops had gone to the Sonos company and said, if somebody registers these speakers, let us know. Because we, we they are stolen. We're looking for like the people in connection with this thing. So it happens. Yeah. The speaker people call the cops and say those missing speakers were registered with a new email address. And the email address belongs to a guy in Fresno. Right. So they have the address connected to the email account. They show up to the house. Yeah. Some guy answers the door. He's a nervous wreck. He's like, these are my speakers. They they belong to my roommate, Albert Medina. So right like, address, wrong guy. Oh my God. Like he singing like a canary before you can even say Right, Albert Medina. <laughs> Albert Medina. Big lettuce potato. Albert Medina. Big So who's this Albert Medina guy? He has no criminal record. He's a student. He's studying social work and he's 22. free psychology. Yeah. So the roommate is like, look, again, not at all my speakers. Right. Just for the record. <laughs> big lettuce potato. Uh, big lettuce potato. But Medina's roommate tells them that Albert Medina was down in Los Angeles visiting a friend at UCLA that weekend and that when he came back, he had these Sono speakers. And then when he came back, he had the Sono speakers. So, like, you don't have to be Columbo to figure out that he's Right, them. like, exactly. And the cops are like, okay, so we know he was at UCLA. 
He has the stolen speakers, which happened across from Andrew's house. Let's talk to this guy. Here's my question. And maybe I should save this for later. How are you going to kill somebody and then burn the room down to get rid of the evidence, but go back home with the speakers you have to register and give them to your idiot fucking roommate. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do know. I, I do go, know and I don't know. It, I can't like, answer that for you. How stupid are you? It's more than stupid. It's like you're just an evil person. Yeah. You don't, you're not feeling anything. Like, ooh, oh, make sure we get the speakers too. Oh like, God. you just committed this horribly cruel, evil, violent act and like, right. you want to make sure you like, set up the speakers like you go through the the registration on I the know. app on a speaker like that's such a mundane thing to do I know after something like and, and and he didn't even like the killer didn't even do it he let his roommate do it like he was right, so right. careless with the true, using true, of the speakers you know what I yeah, mean yeah, yeah. so the roommate is like not only can I tell you exactly what he did and how I got the speakers I can tell you exactly where he yeah, is also do you want them like I don't want these <laughs> fucking know. things like who wants that like energy and vibe and shit in their house so the cops go and they pick up Medina and they bring him in for questioning. We see And, and they arrest him because he stole the right. he's like arrested for the robbery of the speakers. And we see this interrogation. And just on sight, I fucking hate this guy. Right. So here's this guy's story. Yeah. He was staying with his friend Eric Marquez down at UCLA. And he also, 22 years old, no criminal record. He's like he's a pre-med. pre-med. He's like a smart kid. Like, what are you all doing? You know who does have a criminal background? Who? Chris Brown, because they also went to a Chris <sighs> Brown concert. And you know how I feel about Chris Brown. We, I don't know if we have time. That's the garbage bill yeah. for him. <laughs> Fuck Chris Brown. And eventually the cops are like, all right, cut the shit. Did you steal the speakers or not? We right. spoke to the speaker people. And okay? you know what? Like, yeah, exactly. But And Medina pipes right up. He's like, I took the speakers. And I got a laptop and a bottle. I took a bottle. I took a lot of things. Just bottle of booze? Yeah, yeah. I took a bottle of booze. Yeah, I know. I was drunk. I know. And we left. We left. Okay. We left the spot. It was like around, it was like 5, 5, 5 30 in the morning, 5, 5 30 in the morning. Okay. Do you really think they're here about the speakers? Like, does he really think, oh my God, let me just cop to stealing the speakers? Yeah, I do. And I'm going to get away with this murder. I think, it, yeah, I think it's like, oh, look over here. Look at the speakers. I'll uh-huh. totally cop to the speakers for sure. So, He's like, I was hammered. I was mad. So I stole the shit. So now, but like, because he's copping to the speakers, which he can't not, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's admitting that he was at a party across from Andrea's house. He's not denying that he was 20 yards away or whatever. Right. Right. And he's not saying it's Andrea's apartment. Right. right? But like the cops are asking where the party is and he's putting himself across the street. And he's changing his story because now he like is learning that the cops know more. So now he's got to change his story to fit what he thinks they know. And his story is that his friend Eric saw saw that girl Andy across the the street on her balcony Mm -hmm. and he went Eric went over to Andy's house to have sex with her and I don't know what happened after that and now this is when Albert Albert does some shitty things here I mean he did a ton of shitty things but they he was like oh he went to this like skinny white girl's apartment and the cops go do you remember her name and he does that thing where he's like oh god I want to say oh is it Andy and I'm like oh you motherfucker and then he totally knows what her name is Yeah. and then he's like wait oh no like did something happen and then the cops tell him and he says this is a quote Eric goes over there and quote he tries he's having sex or trying to have sex and I'm like oh so he's assaulting her right what do you mean by he's trying to have like what and then the cops come back and say like something happened to that girl and without skipping a beat Medina's like it's Eric what happened Eric goes over there and he tries he's having sex or whatever he's doing and he comes back running to me and he's like we gotta go bro we gotta leave I just hit the out of I beat the out of this girl 
It was Eric. Whatever happened, it was Eric. Because he, apparently, Eric runs to this Medina guy and says another quote, I got, we got to go. I fucked up. I beat the shit out of this girl. I killed her. We need to go. Now, that is not what happened. No. But, like, just think about the, these people and what trash they are. The roommate throws Medina under the bus right. in five seconds to get out of the speaker situation. Right. Medina's now throwing Eric under, like, there's no, there's no real friendship. There's no loyalty. These are just garbage, terrible people. But we know they were there and that yes. they did it. So now the cops are like, okay, great. Like, the speakers are nothing. Fuck the speakers. Yeah, yeah, Take the yeah. speakers. Who cares? But they, now they have to go talk to this Eric Marquez guy. So they go to UCLA. They go to Eric and they interview him. And he's saying, like, we were out, you know, looking for parties. We went back to my apartment from, and we fell asleep on the couch from 3 a.m. to 8 a.m. Because everybody knows what time Andy was killed. And they're trying to give themselves an alibi for having not been there when it happened. Now, shockingly, we can go to the videotape because it works this time. I I couldn't believe it. Usually it's like, oh, it wasn't working. But now we can actually track them. We have the footage. Because there's footage from Eric Marquez's building and it's great. It's clear as day. So here's what we learned. These two assholes leave Eric's apartment at 4.30 in the morning. We see them in the elevator. They are leaving. to. They're hammered. They're looking for more parties. They're leaving for parties at 4.30 They probably came back. Oh my God. Drank more or whatever and then left. So remember, Sarah calls 911 at 7.01 a.m. And she sees someone running from Andrea's apartment and they're wearing the red blanket and they run to a red car, right? So at 7.06 a.m. Surveillance video from Marcus' apartment also shows that they returned back to Marcus's apartment at around 7.06 a.m. The footage showed Medina wearing this red blanket. The red Snuggie belonged to Andy. That blanket belongs to Andy. It's her Snuggie. Yes. So... That's him. I mean, the idea that these guys don't know that the security footage exists. Like, every time you walk into your building, you walk past the camera. You know what I mean? Right. And you walk past 15 on the way there, and your phone is listening to you. Right, Like, everyone is, I mean, stay stupid. Please use your real email address when you're stealing speakers. Like, go nuts. But, like, come on. So they haul Eric in. They say they're giving Eric a second opportunity to tell them the truth. They show him, like, clips of the surveillance video, and he tells the cops, and I believe this, that he was so fucking drunk, he doesn't remember anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, these guys are going out, they're going back out looking for parties at 4.34 in the morning. Yeah. These are dangerous, drunk, fucking, these are the, this is what your parents stay up at night worried about (laughs) when you go to college. Yeah. And still, if you're my parents. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Oh, God. I hope she's okay. Hi. (laughs) I, if I call. Mom, I've been in bed since seven. Yeah, oh, good. Okay, just, watch, just giving you a call. I'm watching a Golden Girls marathon <laughs> in bed. How's Fiona? Where's Mike? Yeah, is are the doors okay? locked? You okay? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> so these two guys are being held at the station. Now, Eric Marquez doesn't have any marks on him, but Albert Medina does. Like, he has scratches that are consistent with And we being, see the pictures. Yeah, being in a fight or a struggle of some kind, right? And we know that what happened to Andrea was super violent. Yeah. So Eric Marquez, like... We don't know. So they get a warrant. They go to his house and they find... His red Nissan vehicle, which has a Lambda Chi Alpha fraternity sticker, which matches the description given by Sarah Muir. They learned that he was a member of Lambda Chi Alpha fraternity up in Fresno State University and that he had been suspended from the fraternity um, for violating the uh, standard of conduct. 
This guy was suspended from the frat, quote, for violating the standard of conduct. He's right. not a good guy. Yeah, and they we learned, too, that, like, upon forensic testing, they find Andy's DNA and blood smears on the door handle and inside the car. Then, in this fucking guy's closet, they find a black bag. In the bag, they find the Andy's red Snuggie that he was covered in right. when he jumped out her fucking window. To protect his own self from the fire. Yep. And, a, and the bloody black tank top that matches the tank top he's seen wearing in the surveillance video. Now, and a bloody it, knife. And and the murder weapon. How stupid do you have to be? Like, I'm so glad that he's so stupid, but like you didn't get, like it's been days and you yeah. didn't get rid of all of the fucking evidence. Right. So to be clear, Albert Medina did this. Yes. Friend Eric absolutely helped him out and lied about it. He yes. drove the getaway car. He gave Albert Medina a place to clean up a little bit. He's participating in the burglaries. Like he was 1000% a yes. part in this. Yes. Yes. But there wasn't enough evidence to charge Eric Marquez. Like well, they, they like couldn't prove he knew what happened in Andrea's apartment is what they say. Yeah, they don't charge him with murder. They allow him to plead guilty to aiding and abetting the burglary and accessory after the fact. He receives a sentence of two years and eight months. That does not seem like enough no, fucking time. it doesn't. Like it especially, doesn't. like it's especially, I hope they showed this to the jury if there was one. The smug look on this fucking guy's yeah. face. Like when you see the surveillance video and he knows what his friend has just done and he's just like doesn't care. No. This guy was smart enough to get into UCLA, he's a pre-med. Like, what kind of monster seeing their faces in the aftermath of this yeah. and just seeing how much like she is dead they have ruined her family's life yeah you know her younger sister's never gonna see her again I know. and they're just walking around trying to clean it up not giving a shit they just want to drink yeah, more they're like, just trying to get away with it they're yes. just trying to party and get away with it and like it's so disgusting yeah so victor the da tells us their theory of the crime that basically like they were at a party at the house across the street where they stole the laptop and the speakers they saw andrea outside on the back balcony. They knew that like the girls all went inside around 3 a.m. And sometime after that, he like leaves the party and sneaks into her room through the French doors that led to the balcony. Mm-hmm. And then like that's when I guess he gets the knife from the kitchen and stabs her 19 times while she's screaming. Then he is able to remain in that room while police officers are investigating the disturbance for that first 911 call. He doesn't panic. He remains in the room and then thinks about how to destroy evidence. And he does so by setting her and her room on fire. He stays in the room when these shitty cops come. There, he's right he's there. He's right there. And they, all they did was just like put their flashlights in the windows. And I'm, I'm repeating that again, I know, because like that doesn't do anything. Because we know the girl with the dog was the one that was screaming. There's only one girl with the dog. At least you talk know? to Sarah who dialed 911. At least have a conversation with people. Can you just give a shit and not, and not be like, oh, it's rush week. Kid, like kids will be kids. Like, right. no. And they really give us the visual that like this Medina guy, he's in the room with the cops outside. They say he doesn't panic. He, he stays calm and he waits out the cops with the body of of this woman he's just brutally yeah. brutally killed yeah. then turns around picks up a trash can sets it on fire and bails and bails so now so fuck this guy number one yeah but now three years later we're at his trial we get on screen text that says on May 15th 2018 Albert Medina pleaded not guilty to all charges which are first degree murder arson burglary and animal cruelty and I love that they got the animal cruelty in of there course, how could they not I know also 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 this is wild that roommate who he tried to pin the, the speakers on yeah 
told the cops, look, we were watching this story unfold on the news. And this Albert Medina guy was like, oh, she was probably fighting off someone who was trying to rape her. Yeah. That guy is so smart to set her room on fire because that like totally gets rid of the evidence and he's going to get away with this. And that's it. So it's Medina talking to himself about how smart he is. But you're still the fucking idiot who let your roommate register the, the, the yeah. speakers with an email address that led the cops right to you. And like you're saying it all out loud. Right. That's not a normal response when you're seeing a brutal rape and murder yeah. on the news. You're not just like, what a smart cookie that guy is to burn the fucking room down. And also, like, how long did the roommate sit on that? You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because th- this is like, we're learning about this three years later when we're in the trial, so I don't know. Right. So it's September 21st, 2018. He is found guilty of all charges. Yeah. Three years to the day of the murder, which must be like a little bit of vindication for the family, right? Yeah, we see him in the courtroom, and they he's described as being completely remorseless. He yeah. has absolutely no... And like, we it, these these shots of these guys are so infuriating, because uh-huh. they look like they could care less. They, yeah. You know what I mean? They don't give a shit. They don't care. Like, he looks like he's got something better to do with his afternoon. Yeah, he's really just bothered. He's put out. He's just like, he is annoyed. He gets life without parole. Yeah. And it ends with these really beautiful clips from Andy's vigil. Yeah. So, like, her friend is saying... One of my favorite quotes that I heard um, recently was that you're not truly dead unless you're forgotten. And um, to me... Andy's never going to be truly dead because we're never going to forget her. You know, she's she's going to live in all of us for the rest of our lives. Andrea will never be forgotten. And the very last words of the episode are from her mother. Yes. At the at the vigil. And she says, Andrea Lauren, thanks for the lessons and your legacy of love. And I was just like blown away yeah. by how much of Andrea we got in this episode. Yeah. And it's like a 50 minute episode. They really did it right. Yeah. They told know? her story. Yeah. Oh my God, girl, we did, what's it called? And so this series is called Death in the Dorms. Yeah. And this is the very first episode. So I thought if we liked it, we can sprinkle in the other yeah, episodes too, Yeah, I thought you it know? was really well done. Yeah. Bam, my book came out today. Congratulations, girl. Oh my girl. stars, thank you. Listen, if you are reading the book and you want to like go to Amazon and review it, like that's a thing you could do that's, sure. that's nice and fun and okay. that I'd be really grateful for. Yeah. Tell, tell me again about Ted and Michael. Yeah, so it's Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones. It's just a silly podcast. It's really, like they work really hard on it and it's four seasons, so. Wow. Yeah. How how many episodes per season? Um, I think this is 12. We kind of went up and just to see like yeah. what we could do. So every season's a little bit different, but the talent is really amazing. I'm so proud. And we worked with Mischief on it. And I just like... Mischief Management is the company that, that does Obsessed Fest with yeah. us. So you know it's going to be quality. And it's just like a team of women who get shit done. Yeah. Everything is like on time, no issues. Tom, who edits CCO, edited it too. Oh, so he, he just has like the best instincts, like the soundscapes and the music is really funny. Yeah. So like, and the music is funny. I mean that. Like uh-huh, the sound effects uh-huh. are funny. The music he chose and he made. So it's fun if you just want a little bit of like levity of just like weird shit. Also, fam, I mentioned it. Come see us at Obsessed Fest. We're going to be in Dallas from October 20th to the 22nd. It's right around the freaking corner. It is. I'm signing every last book. I'm going to stay until every book is fun. signed. Okay, We're great. We're doing so many amazing things. Lots of panels. We're doing a creativity panel with Jack, who's the founder and CEO of Patreon. Fun. He's coming. And we're doing a panel all about discovering your creativity and how to like bring it out and why we do it and oh, what cool. is great. It's going to be so much fun. Jack knows his shit. He, Jack knows his shit. It's going to be so 
much true crime stuff. Your Taylor Swift sing along. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's gonna be we're great. We're doing a live show. It'll be cool. Oh, it's our final live show, and we're bringing our Broadway dancers. Oh, that's it's right. We're closing down our tour at Obsessed All Fest. Right. Uh, what are we doing next, girl? We are doing. Oh my God, so highly requested. It is. Um, you know how the New York Times presents? They yeah. have that stuff. Oh yeah. This is called Malfunction: The Dressing Down of Janet Jackson about the Super Bowl. Oh, the halftime Justin show thing. And Janet and how like she was like sued in the FCC and all this crazy shit. Oh my God. So it's season one, episode ten of the New York Times presents. All right, fam, stay tuned for the trailer for that and our funny and hilarious outtakes. Yeah. And we love you. We love you so much. We'll see you later. All right, bye. Bye. Glassless, crass, and deplorable stuff. Meanwhile, many are asking what happened to the line that shouldn't be crossed. Janet Jackson says it was all her fault. Her flash thing. Just say, I'm a trollop. If the culture wars could have a, a 9-11, it's February 1st, 2004. 89 million viewers watched. Janet Jackson's R-rated Super Bowl stunts. The exposure of Janet Jackson's breast. Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Looking into television and the large amounts of sex and violence is an old political trick, and there's always a bit of demagoguery involved. There was no equality of punishment. I am really sorry. She is taking the complete fall for this. It's a black thing. To see it on that scale happening to someone like Janet, it didn't just happen to her. It rippled and touched all of us. I still don't understand how hard they came for Janet. It is Shark Sleepy Playtime at 2.30 a.m. It is Sharks, what is that? It's just, it's like TikTok, it's shark o'clock. Like the sharks are invading the beaches. Oh yeah, yeah. Nowhere is safe. No, the sea is angry. And the sea she is angry, should be. yeah. She should be, we've been fucking around with her for far too long. I couldn't agree more. I am team otter, by the way. <laughs> with the otters who the are stealing. The otters can be mean though. Otters, <laughs> the otters can be, but they they're also you up. adorable yes. and they hold hands when they but sleep. But I'm, they do? So they don't float away. They Stop link it. arms. Google it. You, back in the day, Steve and I used to hold hands when we went to sleep. For like five seconds. And then you're like, it's hot. And then you need to stretch out. <laughs> we it's now have a king size a, bed. I'm not even sure thing. if he's in the bed half the time. Yeah. I'm too, I toss and turn too much. <laughs> that is very sweet though. Anyway, 